Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope y'all are having an absolutely fantastic, high-energy, packed day today. It's a great week, busy week, beginning of the new year. Everybody's been getting a lot of stuff done I've been talking to. been a productive week so far, and I encourage you guys to continue to stay strong and healthy and continue to get the truth out there to all of your friends. I was talking to a good friend of mine last night. We're talking about how the aspect of being able to be situationally aware and understanding what's happening in certain situations is crucial, but at the same time, being able to enjoy yourself and be able to be, you know, uh, engaged in situations with friends, with family, with children, and not be walking around like you're paranoid. You know, I saw an article earlier here, and it was it was quite a strange article. I'm not going to get a lot of detail, but it was over in Germany, in Berlin, and essentially a husband and wife were in this park. And I guess they were starting to get like intimate with one another in the park, which that's not something I would ever recommend doing out in public, period. Uh, but apparently they were. It apparently it caught the attention of five male migrants, all of which were either from New Guinea or Somalia. And uh, they basically beat the man unconscious and then basically uh, did a bunch of stuff to the wife. It was a horrific incident. And, you know, it's one of those things where I've told people before, when you're out in public and you're out and about, you have to be situationally aware. But again, you don't have to be paranoid. But another other time, don't be stupid. You know, don't be doing stuff out in public places that, you know, you're losing your situational awareness and you're being exposed to where people are going to be targeting you or basically can flank you or come up behind you and bonk you in the back of the head and take all of your stuff. And I got an email from Pat McNamara. He always sends out articles all the time. And Pat McNamara is very highly decorated Green Beret. Then went into Delta Force later on after that. I had the privilege of training with him a few years back. And dude's intense, man. His knowledge and his skill set is incredible. Even, I mean, he's like in his 50s now and he's still just an absolute beast of an operator. I got trained with him all weekend one time and uh, went through some ammo, but man, learned a lot of really, really high skill set stuff with him. And he sent an email out. And this is cool. I want to share this with you guys. And he says how to have fun, but also avoid target fixation. He said, here's a quick but effective tip on situational awareness out in crowded places. He goes, we all want to enjoy our time out in public, but staying safe is absolutely key. Here's my take on maintaining that delicate balance between enjoying the moment and staying alert. First off, you don't have to be on edge all the time. Ease into a state of mild alertness, what I like to call trickling into the yellow. You're aware, but not anxious or paranoid. Now the coming trap, trying too hard to see things. This often leads to what we call target fixation. You get so focused on one thing that you miss everything else around you, positive and negative. Instead, adopt a fluid approach. Look around, observe casually, but don't fixate. Here's how I do it. The casual glance. When you're in a conversation, maintain eye contact, but allow yourself casual glances around the area. It's about being discreet, but observant and engaged. Avoid target fixation. Don't get hung up on trying to see something specific. This can lead to tunnel vision and can be bad in both directions. Keep your observation broad and fluid. Have continuous observation. Keep it natural. Look, see, and move on. This way you're aware of your surroundings without getting stuck on any one detail. Remember, the goal is to enjoy your time with friends and family without sacrificing safety. Stay alert but relaxed. Keep these tips in mind, and you'll be able to handle crowded places like a pro. And some of the stories and engagements that we had with him, we were training, and I mean, it was pretty wild. I'm not going to put his stuff out there, but he was definitely in some crazy stuff, especially when he was in Delta Force, and he was actually doing, you know, actually doing undercover work with uh, certain agencies in Berlin during when there was, you know, East and West 
Germany and Berlin and all that. And so there was some crazy stuff that he's been engaged in. And so his knowledge base is very high on this. And I want to kind of share that with you guys because it is important when you're out and about, you want to enjoy your time. You don't want to be walking around on pins and needles because that's not healthy for you at all. Cortisol's raised too high. You don't want to live in a state of fear whatsoever. But also you want to live in a state of being situationally aware when you're with friends and family. And that also includes not doing silly things out in parks if you're out there, making sure you're being aware of where you're at. If you have children with you and you're going into a store like I've talked about before, you know, you see something that may be an issue. Don't fixate on it, but be aware of it. And if something does start to engage, also make sure you're keeping awareness around everything else because sometimes in some cases, as he's only before, you know, you may have one individual who is there as the primary distraction while somebody else is basically coming around a vehicle or coming around part of a parking lot. So it's good to always be observational and situationally aware. And that's why I wanted to put that information out there this morning because there's some very strange things that are happening and a lot of distractions that are constantly occurring. And this goes all across the board, not just when you're out and about in public, but with the mainstream news. And all this, all this articles that have been coming out, I'm going to address this very quickly, and I'm going to let Dad put his take on it. I'm going to drop it because the majority of this stuff is all theater. As you've seen now, Breitbart and every mainstream and basically even alternative media outlets have basically talked about how the Epstein files have dropped. Ironically, I mean, I don't even know how long it's been since Maxwell went to prison, and it's funny to me how long it's taken to allegedly drop these files about these names. And it talks about how Bill Clinton essentially has been you know, named in there dozens and dozens of times referring to him liking young girls and basically hanging out with Epstein on a regular basis and having close ties. And then talks about Prince Andrews and the weird stuff he was involved in. I'm not going to go into detail with that. And what's ironic about this is these files tell nothing other than what everybody already knew. This whole thing is complete theater. Epstein, I guarantee you, you from knew from Zane Maxwell, well, she did not want anybody finding out because she didn't want to get her butt killed. There's a reason why the judge refused to release her testimony whatsoever. And now they're coming out with basically the same regurgitated information. We already knew Bill Clinton was a pedo. We already knew he was a sexual deviant. There's nothing new to anybody. This has been known since the 90s. Everybody knew that Prince Andrew was involved in this stuff. Nothing's ever happened about any of it. But again, this is about causing a distraction to keep people focused on this. Oh, we've got a big win now. I've seen this with some of the conservatives. We've got them now. We we got the files. We know what they're involved in. Okay. And what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Bill Clinton's not going to get indicted. He's not going to get charged. He's Hillary Clinton's you know what? Hillary Clinton's never had anything done to her. She never will. She's one of the top global elite little Satanists. She's not going to do anything to her. She's right there with the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. These individuals, essentially, they operate on a different level of laws. This, that kind con- the same concept that I've said before where it's <laughs> you basically rules for thee but not for me. And this is why it is so important that we continue to try to hold our representatives accountable so it does not escalate to this extent in some cases where you have individuals that essentially – do what they want, which is not okay in a republic. Everybody's supposed to be equal. Everybody's supposed to have equal rule of law. That's how constitutional republic was built. You're not supposed to have a group of individuals that essentially do whatever thou will, and everybody else has to follow along and basically live by a second set of rules. Not okay. There's something I wanted to get out there because I've seen a lot of stuff happening over the last week. And yet this is being used as this theater. And I saw earlier now they're talking about with this whole gigantic distraction theater in the Middle East where they're just trying to start and escalate this whole thing. That essentially Lebanon and Turkey are now engaging as far as in this war now that essentially Turkey is conducting operations against Mossad and essentially Mossad spies. 
and they're aligning with Iran. And this whole thing is starting to escalate very, very rapidly right now over there, which, in my opinion, is what they needed. Every time a financial crisis is about to start occurring, we always end up going to war every single time. And this time will not fail at all. They need to have another war to distract everyone from what's happening to the financial system in the United States. I told you guys before with the GDP in the U.S., with what's going on with the debt, with what's going on with the massive amount of inflation, with the devaluation of the dollar right now. And what they're going to try to do this year in order to keep everything is – essentially, I guess, kosher as possible with trying to steal an election, which we all have to hold them accountable for, the Fed's going to start lowering rates next week. Guarantee you they're going to start lowering rates this year, even though inflation's still through the roof because the $7 trillion they dumped in the market, they've got to try to do something because the continual lie that the economy's growing and getting better right now as, you know, mortgage rates and car rates are anywhere between 7 8 9 10% interest rates right now, which has butchered both of these industries in most areas. They've got to go in now and try to lower these interest rates to try to make the economy look like it's better than it is so they can justify another stolen election. Oh, remember, Biden was the most popular president in history with 81 million votes that never occurred. (laughs) Crazy when they tell you these things. And what happens is these groups that run the mainstream media – Even when they get busted lying, like they have with COVID, like they have with multiple wars, like they have with multiple false flags, and they straight up get caught with their hand in the cookie jar, you always notice they never come through and apologize for what happened. They just double down on their lies. That's what happens when you're dealing with a true sociopath, with individuals that are so narcissistic that they truly believe they're above the law. They won't admit to getting caught. They won't admit they've done anything wrong. And that's why we have to hold them accountable and we have to continue to get the truth out there, just like we have with so many things with COVID now. Because as you see, They still are pushing the narrative that the shot's safe and effective, hence why you have pediatricians that are giving an injection to six-month-old babies that's RNA gene therapy technology that modifies the DNA of these children that has not been shown to even be remotely safe or effective, either or, and yet it's under emergency use authorization, so nobody can even question it in vaccine court. And yet pediatricians are rolling it out now. That right there, as I said, almost every single day, and I will keep bringing it up, is one of the biggest atrocities we're witnessing right now. And it's a silent atrocity that nobody wants to discuss whatsoever. Why is that not being blasted from the mountaintops on alternative media right now every single day? Why are we not discussing that there is no emergency with COVID, that there is no emergency with young children and infants with COVID, that there is no significant death or risk rate with COVID with young children, yet we're putting RNA gene therapy into them that was tested on 10 mice with a new booster on six month olds and older oh no that's right we've got to release the epstein files and talk about how bill clinton's a pedophile and prince andrew's a pedophile we knew that do something about it guys in the in the republicans and the democrats if they actually cared about this stuff they'd start filing charges they'd start putting criminal indictments in against bill clinton but again this is more theater to keep people distracted so everybody thinks they got this big win now and all this information's got released. Continue to look past the theater and the smoke that they put in front of you on the stage and look behind the curtain and call that out for what it is with a megaphone and let the audience know what's really going on behind the scenes so everybody can make their own decision. That's my take on that this morning, Dad. How are you doing? Uh, we're the names of the judges. We're the there names of the senators. We're the names of the legislatures. The people that are basically making the rules, the rules for the and not for me. Where are those names? You know, where are the names of the people that we don't know about already? Where are those names? Are they still redacted? 
Are they going to really tell us which judges are compromised, which judges had sex with little girls, which judges had, had gone to orgies? Are they really going to tell us all of this stuff? I, mean, I still want to know why there's a dental chair in his shower in his mansion. What kind of pervert has a dental chair in his doggone mansion in the shower? What are they doing there? Are we doing some kind of special operations there with MK Ultra? I mean, what the heck's all this? I mean, this is crazy. All of this stuff is absolutely crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, here's an article. Jeffrey Epstein's list latest unsealed documents name associates, including Trump. We knew that. Clinton, we knew that. Prince Andrew, if you don't know that, you're sleeping in a cave. David Copperfield, okay, that's it. Stephen Hawking, okay. Well, you know, Hawking's dead. You know, Copperfield, you know, has, has been. Maxwell's in jail. They're telling us stuff we already know. Virginia Guffrey, we already know about all that. You know, all of this stuff, more than 150 associates of Epstein are expected to be unmasked because the Trova documents released. There's not 150. There's over 1,000 of them. Where, where are the rest of them? You know, Epstein told women that Clinton likes them young. We knew that. Epstein, Clinton's on, Clinton doesn't run anything anyhow. Hillary does. She's the, she's the witch of the bunch. Epstein accuses says Prince Andrew groped her. Okay. Michael Jackson. Okay. He's dead. Epstein called up Trump for Atlantic City visit. Okay. We already know they were best buddies. We know that Trump, you know, him, Epstein hung out together. Cameron Diaz. Has been Kate Blanchett, you know, well, not really has been Leonardo DiCaprio named in documents doing what? Didn't say anything. It doesn't say anything. There's they're not saying that they're basically have done anything or are going to do anything. It's just they're being named. Al Gore, Bill Richardson, Naomi Campbell, all named in the list, but doesn't say they're accusing them of anything. I mean, Les Wexner, we know he ran Victoria's Secret. We know he's a big perv. We know we know he's there. I mean, that's why I don't, I don't even like going to Victoria's Secret. Never did when Sharon was alive because I don't like supporting him. You know, Kevin Spacey, we already know he's a perv. You know, it's just there's, it's not saying Bruce Willis. Well, Bruce Willis now is basically brain damaged, probably from the vaccine. Unbelievable. All of these people are not who we need to know. I want to know who the court judges are. I want to know who the legislators are. I don't care about these people. They're, they are nothing to me. I could care less what Leonardo DiCaprio does. We already know he has a lot of young girlfriends. Who cares? I, I don't care. I want to know. Who is in charge of the list and who's redacting the list and who's not telling us which Supreme Court justices, which federal court justices, and which active senators and legislatures and House members right now were on his jet? That's what I want to know. I want to know how deep this goes. This is the tip of the iceberg as far as what they're releasing. They're not giving us anything. They're giving us like 1% of this list of people who we don't care about anyhow. Many of them are already dead. I mean, think about this for a second. We've got a group of people that have basically been basically blackmailed by Mossad. Where do you read in any of these articles, any of them this morning that I posted, that Jeffrey Epstein was Mossad? It's not listed in any of them because they're separating this. This is obfuscation. Jeffrey Epstein, in my opinion, and I told you this a hundred times over the last couple of years, he is not dead. Mossad doesn't kill Mossad. They don't do that. They'll relocate them. They'll give him plastic surgery. They'll give him a new identity. They'll give him, you know, residency in a dual Israeli citizen as a dual Israeli city in Israel. They'll do that for him, and they'll give him make him set up for the rest of his life. He's got a dead man switch here. He's not. There's, there's no way they're killing the guy. And then the earlobes didn't match. The nose didn't match. Nothing matched on the corpse that came out of that that doggone jail. And we get to the profile on it. So we I, some people say, well, Jeffrey Epstein's dead. The meme was out for years. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Duh. The, the body double didn't kill themselves. That's how we should say that. Jeffrey Epstein was you know, hauled off, you know, probably dressed as a security guard you know, with a mask on, 
you know, you know, you know, cloak and cape. Of course, the cameras mysteriously were turned off when all this happened. I mean, this whole thing nauseates me. It's like Austin said. Who are the real people behind this? Who are the real people doing all this stuff? It's the same people, basically, that are now giving us gender-neutral toy aisles. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Joy, yeah, yeah. Joy, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's what's happening. California will officially mandate gender-neutral toy aisles for large retailers. They're making this a law. Think about that for a second. First blue state in the nation to adopt the law. The law states that retail stores with 500 or more workers must sell toys and child care products in gender-neutral section that is labeled at the discretion of the retailer, regardless of whether they've been traditionally marketed for either boys or girls. Why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk about how unbelievably perverted our society is getting instead of all of this stuff with what's happening with Jeffrey Epstein? And then we have this, you know, the Harvard's gay, well, her name's gay, Harvard's gay resigns following the new allegations of plagiarism and the shortest presidential tenure in history. Another weirdo, another unbelievably hardcore liberal, probably an affirmative action hire. She obviously can't write. She plagiarizes everything. Now Ukraine cannot pay the government in 2024 without billions from the West. They're completely bankrupt and insolvent. We keep pumping money to all them. And student loan bars are staging a massive student debt strike. Tens of millions of borrowers are now refusing to pay because, remember, they, got, they were not have to pay for a while. It's been three months since the federal government resumed student loan payments, but many borrowers refused, refused to pay a single penny. Activists say this is not a temporary lapse, but a massive student debt strike as borrowers await progress. Remember, this is over a trillion dollars now. Any progress on the White House student loan forgiveness program faced with the impossible choice of feeding their children, keeping a roof over their head, or throwing an average of $400 a month into the Department of Education incinerator, borrowers are rightly choosing to keep themselves and their families financially afloat, says Astra Taylor, co-founder of Debt Collective, a union advocating on behalf of debtors. According to the Department of Education, 22 million borrowers had payments due in October, but only 13 million settled their bills. That means 40% of the borrowers of student loans failed to make payments. Credit News reported in September that the resumption of student loan payments would hit American families hard, but very few expected four out of ten borrowers to miss payments. Before the pandemic, about a quarter of the student loan borrowers were dodging payments. It's not surprising the transition back to loan repayment after more than three years of forbearance is bumpy, but students aren't the only ones to blame. But here's what's interesting about this. I'm, I'm going to stop not reading more of this. You guys can read the article. I've posted it. Here's the problem with all of this. These students went to colleges that were staying afloat with extremely high salaries for their professors to teach these kids absolutely nothing about nothing. This is like the majoring of under, underwater basket weaving, you know, in, in gay history, and you have a degree in gay history. So now you go to work for a company and you say, what's your degree at? I have a degree in underwater basket weaving with a minor in gay history. Well, what about finance? Oh, I never took a class of finance. All right, uh, how about uh, you know marketing? Oh, I never took a class of But I can tell you how to underwater weave a basket. Okay, I don't, I don't need you to do that. Well, I can tell you how the gay history started and, and who the gay advocates were from the, from the 1800s on. The, what does that have to do with making this company money? And what does that have to do with going out and being a productive person in my company and basically earning your salary? You don't understand – I, I'm a, you're, you're, you're doing microaggression against me. You're asking me questions. How can, how can you do this? I mean, I, I don't even have to say. I need puppy. I want a puppy in Play-Doh. I need my corner space. And you're like, 
what's wrong with you? Why do you need a puppy in Play-Doh? Well, well, we have that at the university. Okay, what does that have to do with the real world out the real world activity of making your company money so we can afford to pay you? You 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 you're massaging this bigot. No, I just don't want to give you a puppy and Play-Doh. What's wrong with you? I want my puppy, my Play-Doh. Oh, my God. And so now this same person who's sitting there who can't get a job, who's now going, I have $400 worth of student loans. I'm not going to pay that either. This is racist against me. And you're like, no, you were an idiot. Oh, whoa. I said it, didn't I? You didn't make a lot of sense in what you chose for your major, and you chose to be a woke weirdo on campus and you borrowed money to maintain a lifestyle you couldn't afford and now here you are four five six eight ten years later trying to figure out how to pay your 400 hour a month student loan and you can't do it and that's by the way that 400 months is going to go on forever the way they prorate it and the way they lay it all out and do the stuff with it's going to go until you're 65 and you can't bankrupt it by the way because they made sure you change those laws and then george bush made it even more difficult to file bankruptcy george w the dumb one so we sit back and we watch this and we go, student loan borrowers stage a massive student debt strike. It's not a massive student debt strike. They can't pay the bill. They don't have the money. It's like I said in this article. They're either buying food or they're buying gas or they're paying that student loan. And what they, what they look at it is that you know, they're a turnip and you're getting blood out of a turnip. Wait until they start putting a lien against them. Wait until they start garnishing their wages. Then they'll pay it because that's already happened too. Guys, listen to me. If you're going to go to college, don't go to college unless you're going to get a professional degree, like an engineer or a nurse or a doctor or an attorney. Don't go. Or an accountant or CPA. Don't go. You're better off to go to trade school and learn how to be a plumber, to learn how to be an electrician, to learn how to hang sheetrock, for heaven's sakes. You know, you can start a sheetrock company and have different crews working for you, roofing. Roofing right now is one of the most lucrative professions that there is because everybody has to have new roofs every 20 years, every 10 years, every 15 years, unless you've got metal. Roofing is incredibly profitable. There's all kinds of things that you can do that you can learn, and you don't have to do the roofing yourself. You can learn it. You can understand it. You can you know, get a trade school to teach it to you, and then you can get enough experience, and you start hiring crews. Don't go in. I had a friend of mine one time. He was a buy. He worked for this plumber here at Auburndale, and the plumber was selling his company. And he wanted this. This, this guy was his son-in-law. Actually, he wanted his son-in-law to buy the plumbing company. And finally, my my friend told me he goes, well, he wants you know X amount of millions of dollars for this plumbing company. He goes, all I'm buying are a bunch of trucks that I can't use. I don't have ten employees, and I'm basically can put a, my own sign on the side of my truck and become my own plumber. I'm licensed, and I don't need to buy his business. And I already know enough people to do it, do it myself, and he did. And now he's remarkably super successful. Use your head when you make decisions like this. Don't put yourself into a position where now you're unbelievably in debt trying to figure out what you're going to do, where you're going to go, and how you're going to pay these bills. Don't do that. It's just not, it's not necessary. It really, it, it really is important to understand that. By the way, the uh, no stomach now in the U.S. to keep funding Ukraine as war is over, ex-Pentagon official. Former Pentagon official Michael Malouf is predicting that Congress and the Pentagon are in for a tumultuous start for 2024 as the ongoing standoff over Biden's billions more in Ukraine defense and highlights the reality that there's no stomach any longer to fund Ukraine. Well, everybody's tired of Zelensky and all of the money laundering and weapons laundering from that country. 
It's insanity what's happened over there, and it's insanity that we've actually paid money to it, that we were forced to do it. At least I'm not seeing signs everywhere now, stand with Ukraine, stand with Ukraine, stand with Ukraine all over the city anymore. At least, at least we no longer have to deal with that. By the way, Biden is now implying that the U.S. troops will fight Russia if Ukraine loses. I'd have a hard time believing this would happen. On Friday of last week, President Biden, the hand puppet of the neocons, warned that the U.S. military might find themselves, here he says might see, that's why I don't believe this, and find themselves in direct conflict with Russia should they defeat Ukraine, which they will. Biden released a statement written by the neocons that said the standard propaganda of how fantastic Ukraine is doing, claiming it has successfully intercepted a number of missiles and drones launched by Russia thanks to American-proved air defense systems. Over 500,000 Ukrainian soldiers, according to this article, and I've read this other places too, which I don't know if these numbers are accurate, have died, all for a territorial grab where they could massacre the Russian civilians who live in Donbass, and the West entered into the Minsk Agreement, agreeing to allow them the right to free election. At the same time, Ukraine built an army to wage war against Russia under the command of the neocons, and this is why Zelensky needs to draft another 500,000 more people to die for the neocons. Last week, I went into detail why they are purging Ukraine and why they are doing genocide to the indigenous population. I'm not going to do that again. You can go back and listen to that show. But guys, listen to me. Ukraine has been from the very beginning, as I told you, just a ploy to strip the, the United States out of their weapons. And remember, we've got to get this too. A lot of these big companies that manufacture bombs and missiles, these bombs and missiles have expiration dates. There's only a certain length of time that the munitions are going to be viable as far as from an explosive standpoint or from an electronic capability. Electronics get old. They wear out. They short out. They have all kinds of problems. They needed to get rid of all of the stockpile, which they've done now, and they've made hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars from all the countries of the world buying these armaments to ship to Ukraine to be distributed throughout the world. So now we've had a great purge of you know military supplies all over the world. And we've cleaned the coffers now of the military-industrial complex, and now they can make trillions more manufacturing new and more expensive weapons. Always remember who runs the world. It's the international bankers control these major corporations, and they only operate through greed. Only operate through greed. Also, what do you think, buddy, and what's your next story? That's 100% accurate. The military-industrial complex runs the United States along with the deep state with the CIA, which I mean, they're right up there with the defense contractors. That's what they do, and you're exactly right. I talked to people that have worked with defense contracting, and they told me that. A lot of the munitions that we had been manufacturing, that we had been sending over to Afghanistan and other Middle Eastern countries for continual ongoing war, which has now ended, those weapons needed to be pushed out. I told you, after Afghanistan, we pulled out of Afghanistan. I said they have to find a new conflict. The military-industrial complex has to have war in order to survive. Without constant war, the Pentagon, along with the DOD and the military contractors, don't get to eat their massive amounts of food and slop and live like pigs, period. That's the only way they function. That's why we have almost a trillion dollars that goes to the DOD now from the Pentagon. I mean it makes up like a third of the United States budget. You ask yourself, are we really that operationally – are we really that operationally effective right now in the United States from a military standpoint? Are we really to the point where if we're spending a trillion dollars, a third of our entire budget is going to security? Are we really that effective, combat effective, if we were to have a war here, if we were to defend this country? The answer is no, because none of it's going for domestic defense. 
it's all going to overseas contracts that continually feed and pad the pockets of all the other guys that basically are involved with the defense contractors. That's why Ukraine's been one of the largest weapon laundering, weapon trafficking schemes we've ever witnessed as far as in recent history. Right now, I mean, we're we're literally on a three-front war. You've got the constant engagements with Syria that's been going on for years now. You've got this whole thing with Israel and, oh gosh, this whole conflict that's going on over there that's just escalated and I talked about earlier. Like all these carriers, all this military that's now in the Red Sea, that whole conflict. We got Ukraine that's never even our responsibility whatsoever that we're just funneling hundreds of billions of dollars into. And the answer is can the United States continue a three-front war and maintain you know, military superiority and defense measures in the United States? The answer is an absolute no. It's not possible. And that's the whole point. Because what they're doing is they're slowly dissolving our domestic defenses, spreading out the military so stinking thin around the entire world that if we really were to have a true invasion right now, if China decided, you know what, we're going hard. We're doing a full-prong attack. We're going to wipe out the West Coast with EMPs. We're going to do a full-blown land invasion, air and ground, on the West Coast. We're going to start from the West, and then we're going to disable from the East Coast as far as with any type of engagements from Russia if they want to do this. The United States, the only fighting force that would be operational in real numbers would be the United States militia. That's it. The United States military would be so defunct because it's so spread out. Would there be would there be bases and military forces in our air force that would still have superiority in some areas? Absolutely. We've still got some amazing weaponry and aircraft that are still over here. But as far as being able to maintain them, defend them, munition supplies, feed, house, all of our military that's going to be doing full-blown combat operations in the United States, I don't think it's here right now. And I think that was the entire purpose of it. I think it was to wipe it out, continue to feed the military complex overseas, and continue to feed the Middle Eastern wars. I mean, everything that I've heard from contractors have told me that a huge portion of the weapon systems, especially in the beginning phase, I don't know now because I don't know how much weapons are going over to Ukraine still currently, but I knew the beginning phase, what we're sending over there with the surface air missiles and the javelins, 13,000 javelins, anti-tank missiles. Hand your shoulder run javelin anti tank missiles, 13,000 of them we sent over to Ukraine allegedly. And remember, there was a whole article that came out. It was like on MSNBC or Fox, for which one it was. They said they can't account for 30 to 40% of the weapons that are going to Ukraine. Because remember, once it gets signed off on delivery status from whatever military contractors providing basically deliveries and they're doing the fulfilling the contract, once it's signed off in Ukraine, it's no longer our responsibility to maintain it anymore or keep track of it or see where it's going. None. Zero. We could wash our hands. And say, oh, well, we got a signature on it. It got delivery confirmation. We're good to go. And it turned right around and it went through the Black Sea, went right through Istanbul, through Turkey, and went right down and dispersed into Africa. And a lot of that crap's gone over to Mexico now with the cartel. How do you think they got AT4 rocket launchers that are manufacturing in the United States or Mexico? They're over in Europe. But yet, suddenly the cartels got them over there now. This is what happens when you allow the military to continually become overwhelmed. And there's so many warnings about this. For hundreds of years, you've heard about this in documentation and strategies from different type of political individuals. What happens when you allow the military industrial complex to continually run countries? Just what happens. And that's the place that we find ourselves in now in the United States. And that's why it's so frustrating to see this. And at the same time, that's why it's so important – 
to do what you can on your basis in maintaining your superiority when it comes to defense structures, going to the range, taking classes, staying operational, making sure your weapons are clean, making sure your ammunition is stored properly, you know, with, you know, silica bags or beads and proper and ammo cans or in safes with drying rods, wherever it may be. I tell it to people all the time. You don't want to be buying ammo 10 years ago. You got it, you know, a box somewhere in your basement. All of a sudden you go to start shooting rounds off and it gets wet. I had this happen with the doggone one of the last gator hunts we went in. Some of the guys we went with, we were running 44 Magnum Hornady Hydroshocks in the bang sticks for these doggone gators. And basically one of the bags of ammunition that they had left had been in the boat over the last three or four hunts, and it had gotten wet. And my buddy, who I was letting him basically I – I told him, I said, you, you punch the first time card. He's never, he's never punched a gator's clock before. And I said, I've done. I've killed a lot of them. I said, you take this one, man. You get it. He was like a 10-footer, violent gator, mad gator. It took about 30 minutes to try to pull him in. He was fighting, trying to bite the boat, flipping out. And uh, so he, got the, he had the bank stick loaded. Boom. Him right on top of the head. Round it and go off. That's a hot 44 Magnum round. Didn't go off. Now you got to unscrew the top of the bang stick to pull this round off. It's unbelievably sketchy. So the guy's doing it. I'm like, dude, you're brave, braver than I am, man. So he pulls out. Sure enough, primer. Boom. Big old strike. Round didn't go off. Dumped it. Went through another bag. I told him, I said, dude, this bag's got, this bag's damp. It's got water in it. All those other rounds should be good. I said, okay. Load it up. Boom. Hit the gator in the head. Nothing. Bang stick. Didn't go off. Pulled the round out. Primer struck. Dead ammo again. I'm like, dude, you guys got to figure out some ammo. Cause I need, if you need, we'll go back to the boat and drag this guy in here. I said, we got to kill him now. He is mad and he's going to get in this boat eventually. So finally found some ammunition that was dry in the boat, worked perfectly, punched the card, knocked him out, tagged him, bagged him, took him to the process, and we were done. But that right there is the exact reason. I've, I've dealt with this firsthand with wet ammunition, ammunition that gets damp and doesn't work. And I've had it happen multiple times in scenarios like that. And so, again, it's something you really got to be aware of when you're stocking, stockpiling, getting supplies together, getting gear together. That You make sure, whether it be your food, whether it be your first aid kit, that your medical kits are up to date, whether ammunition, because there's some strange things that are happening right now. And when you're active and when you're aware and when you're physically awake of what's happening – it's very easy to handle situations in most cases. If you constantly, why do you think operators like SEAL teams and all these guys in Delta and Rangers, why do you think they train, 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 train? It has to be instilled in you in a, reflect, a, a reflex standpoint. You don't think about it. You automatically react. That's how you're trained. That's how you do a martial arts. That's how you do with anything. It's the same way even if you're a mechanic. If you're working on trucks and you've done 100 motor swaps, and you've rebuilt engines over and over and over again, it's nothing. Now, you get a random person that's never rebuilt an engine, and you go pull you know, a 6.6-liter Duramax engine out of a truck, and after rebuild it, they're going to look at it and go, dude, this, this is the most complex thing I've ever seen in my life. You get somebody that's rebuilt 100 of them, they're going to look at it and go, dude, I could literally do this with my eyes closed. This is just nothing. That's how you want to be when it comes to defensive standpoints, with medical standpoints, with aspects of being able to handle situations. You want it to be in a response immediately that's a reflex, not you have to sit there and think about it. Very, very important information I want to get out there because there is some strange things that are happening right now. This article the other day is talking about how Zuckerberg and all these guys now have been allegedly building these bunkers in random places. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. One thing I do know is that regardless of what scale they're doing it on, if I hear about other people that are getting prepped, that are in the know, 
probably a pretty good indication that I have some supplies and staff stuff on hand. The same thing goes with supplements. I always, even in my house, I always try to keep two or three bottles of like my Ultimate Multiple and Omega-3 and my B-Complex and my favorite HTP. Those are my staple supplements that absolutely I take every single day. Even if I miss anything else, those are my staple ones. Why do I always keep extra? Because if I run out, I don't have to sit there and go to the office, even though I have the office here. Or if I can't get to the office or I'm out of town and doing something, I like to have a backup supply. The United States population has gotten on a, a real complacent basis of being used to this constant just-in-time inventory. People wait until they're completely out of food in their house to go to the store to go buy two or three days more of food to be completely out in two or three days. That's not a very good strategy in the event of emergency. Can you live like that? Sure. But if something does occur, you don't want to be in that position where you got you know two days of canned beans in your garage or in your shelf or in your pantry, and that's the extent of the food you have. You want to be able to go back to your supplier and go, oh, hey, I got a couple organic food buckets. I got you know, 30, 40, 50,000 calories right here. That'll hold us over for a couple days or a week or so. How many people in your family? Oh, I got a couple extra MREs. I got bottled water. I got water filtration. Those are things you really want to keep on deck all the time in order to maintain uh, the ability to take care of yourself and your family, especially if you're a dad, especially if you're a father and you're taking care of individuals. Very, very crucial. Also, to another news, this is interesting. Speaking of the, the, uh, the aspect of the military-industrial complex, the next side of that is the pharmaceutical-industrial complex right below them. It's funny here now. An article shows up that the FDA approved nearly 50% more drugs in 2023 than it did in 2022. They said over 50 new drugs or treatments were approved in 2023 by the FDA, representing an almost 50% increase over 2022. The FDA approved 37 drugs in 2022, which is a drastic reduction from 51 approvals in 2021. Ironically enough, now they're talking about over 100 plus drugs are being approved on a regular basis now every single year. And it looks like the FDA is going to continue pushing all the way from basically that excludes vaccines, by the way. This is just new drugs. And the question you got to ask yourself, this is a million dollar question. Considering the fact that we use the most amount of pharmaceutical drugs in the entire world, if numbers are applied properly, what I've looked at over the last couple of years, the United States not only is the biggest consumer of pharmaceutical drugs, we're one of the largest almost when you combine multiple other major countries together, we still beat them. But yet we're the sickest, fattest, most pathetic generation in the entire world when it comes to our health. We really are. The obesity level in the United States is insane. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about a jacket they had ordered basically over from Europe, and essentially they got like an XL because they normally wear XLs, and it didn't even come close to fitting them. Granted, you know he trains all the time and stuff, so he's bigger, you know, but his even his waist is super small, but it was still like you could, he couldn't even fit in this jacket. He had to go all the way up to a three XL in order for it to fit him over in the European size. Now, granted, you have individuals that may be smaller than others or certain you know, aspects of certain areas of the country that some people have bigger genetics than others. I get that. But would you look at and you go over there in most cases, if you go to Europe, I've been over there a long time. i got family over there. I'd love to go over there again. You see that vast majority of people are still pretty active. You go over to the United States. I mean it was just the other day. I went to the doggone Publix the other day. And I got stuck in this aisle. I had to like go around her trying to get my foot run over. This lady's in front of me. She probably weighed, I mean, not exaggerating, probably five, five fifty. I mean, she's she's folded over both sides of this electric scooter. I mean, literally taking up almost the whole aisle. And I thought to myself, and then another person behind her basically following her with a buggy, throwing more food in it. And I'm sitting there going, 
how pathetic are some Americans become? And I'm not picking on her. I'm not trying to pick on her because this, but you have to reach a certain point in time where you go, really? Is this really what we're going to become? Is this really what we're going to continue to support with our disability programs? Because quite frankly, I've said before, nobody can maintain that weight without being massively supported by other individuals and outside income, period. You can't do it. Somebody that's that big can't work, period. Somebody that's that out of shape cannot do anything productive, period. They can't go shopping for themselves. They can't even fit everything in their little scooter cart. They have to have a chase scooter, chase cart behind them, shopping cart behind them to fill it up with food. You got to eat you know, 15, 20, 25,000 calories a day with zero activity to maintain that weight. It's impossible to maintain that weight without doing that. Yet, that's what you see in the United States. So if you're making changes this year, if you're looking at bringing in new ideas, new concepts, new goals, new things that you want to change, start them today. Start them now. Look at it and go, is what I did last year working? Answer is yes or no. If you're doing something last year that worked really good, continue to run it. If it doesn't, say, okay, I'm going to rethink my strategy right now. If you're eating foods that you know are causing you to have health problems or causing you to be overweight or causing your immune system issues, take a step back and say, you know what? I'm going to tweak some stuff down. You don't necessarily have to go in and do a full-blown blitz and change your entire world, but say certain things I'm going to cut out. If you like eating ice cream, which I'll be honest with you, I love organic ice cream. Can't eat it all the time because it's not do well. Adds on a massive amount of fat and just not productive. It's not healthy for the body. But if you like ice cream, you go, okay, listen – I still like having some ice cream occasionally, but it's going to be restricted to one time per week. That's it. One time per week for an occasion. If you're going to do it with kids or family, that's it. You're not going to bring it in the house. not going to bring half gallons at a time. Oh, it's on sale, so I bought five gallons of ice cream. I only eat it occasionally. I promise you, you won't only eat it occasionally if you bring it in your house. That's the biggest thing that I've learned over the years, and I learned with Lana too when I was training and working out and bodybuilding. If you put it in the house – at some point in time, you're going to eat it. It's the same way. If you have issues with alcoholism and you have, you're more prone to drink more often, even if you're not drinking very often, but you do sometimes, it's not a good idea to bring alcohol in the house, period. If you're out on a special occasion or on an anniversary or birthday and you want to have a glass of wine or a beer, that's what you want to do? Okay, cool. Not a, everybody's got to figure out their own stuff. But if you know you got issues with it, don't be going in and buying cases of wine and cases of liquor and storing them in your house and say, well, listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to drink anything. I know I'm prone to it. I'm not going to drink it, but I'm just going to keep like 12 bottles sitting here. Why do you want to do that to yourself? Why do you want to put that in front of you? Same thing goes with food. Same thing goes with anything whatsoever. If it's something that you're trying to reduce consumption of, just thought I would throw that out there as a little tidbit of information. What do you think about that? Dan? Anything you want to add to that? I, I really like organic ice cream. That's what I, think. I mean, why do you have to bring that up today? I mean, really? I know. Now I want some too. My bad. It's been a while. Well, no. I mean, you guys, for Christmas, we had a bunch of ice cream. We got left in my house, and I've already had like two pints of it. I'm like, I, that's but, where it went. I forgot. I couldn't find it. Well, I wish you guys hadn't left it here. I would have gone through two pints, and I'm thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. There's two pints and a quart. So here I am already a quart of ice cream's gone down the hatch here. I'm like, this is perfect. You know, I'm trying to keep my abs out. You know, <laughs> here I am eating ice cream. I'm like, this is crazy. I have to admit, it tastes great. Now, when you put hot fudge on it, throw some nuts on it, uh, then it's the best. But the reality is, like you said, why have it in the house? You know, of course, I don't have much in the house left. I've eaten most of it. <laughs> I'm left, I think. <laughs> but, but, that's, that's a terrible confession, but that's why I don't buy it. I, I didn't go out and buy organic ice cream because I like it too much, especially the double chocolate Belgian stuff. But, you know, you want a, you want a fat pill, that's it. Got on the scales this morning. I'm up a pound. And I'm like, well, that's perfect. That's just perfect. I really like that. So here we go. 
Um, so if you want to come over and get that last, you know, pine or whatever, Ross says, you're more than welcome to come get it. You give it to the kids. No, nah, it's all oh, you. I don't want it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> By the way, Britain's weapons stockpiles are reduced to nothing, according to the Times. The paper quoted a unnamed, unnamed Ukrainian source as saying that London is now almost persuading other nations to donate their arms to Kiev. Britain's weapons stockpiles have been nearly completely emptied out by almost two years of deliveries to Ukraine. This is exactly what I was telling you guys earlier, so I wanted to document it for you. Bilkin again bypasses the U.S. Congress to send more munitions to Israel. The U.S. Secretary of State Bilkin used the emergency authority on over Yathafram to approve the sale of $147 million of 155 military artillery shells to Israel on Saturday, bypassing the standard congressional review to arms sales for the second time since the start of the war in Gaza. Well, that's because we've got like over 80 of the uh, people over there in Congress who are dual Israeli citizens. They don't seem to say much about any of this. Now, that's a statistic that I was given yesterday, but I have not been able to personally document. If you guys want to do that for me, find out how many people. I'm not saying they're Jewish, and I'm not even saying that they're part of the Israeli deal here. I'm just saying they're dual Israeli citizens. They've applied for dual Israeli citizenship, and they've received it. So that's kind of interesting. Another article here says trauma-based mind control. It's pretty good. It's by Greg Reese, and it says this trauma-based mind control trauma used to hack into a mind and body defense system or maintain and train a person's behavior. This is accomplished in three steps. I want to share this with you because this is interesting. I, I've always found that when you talk about this type of stuff, people get their attention real quick because this is what they do to you when they constantly give you more and more things to be scared of. In one step, the victim's identity is destroyed. This is achieved by depriving the victim of their basic needs and inflicting pain upon them until they become exhausted. Three hurricanes in a row, two weeks apart. They become confused and disoriented. I felt it back in 2003 with the storms that came through the state. In this state, they no longer trust themselves and become receptive to guidance from an outside authority. Interesting. Step two, through a strict system of rewards and punishments, the victim is imprinted with a new identity. The new identity is trained to self-isolate by having it denounce everything associated with the previous identity. And finally, with step three, through the continued use of trauma, and the rebuilding of the victim's new self is crafted to maintain however the mind controller, however the mind controller chooses. For this to work, the subject must be maintained, thus remain oblivious to the fact that they are being trained. This is accomplished by keeping them in a helpless victim state of mind with the use of trauma. The entire method requires regular ritualistic abuse to keep the target in the victim state. Wear your mask, victim. Wear your mask, peasant. Take the injection, peasant. You are helpless to the state, peasant. The state will save you, peasant. We're going to punish you, peasant. We're going to close your businesses, peasant. You can't leave your house, peasant. You can't get on a surfboard out of the ocean without us arresting you, peasant. You see it? You see the correlation? Trauma use mind control with what they did with COVID. You're the peasant. You're the victim. and you don't, They don't want you to realize what they're doing to you. They're trying to save you. Can you see it? I'm going to post this article. You can read through it. The entire method requires ritualistic abuse to keep the target in the victim state. Intergenerational or multi-generational trauma abuse is when a person abuses their child and the child goes up to abuse a child and that person goes up to abuse their child and so on. This increases the person's susceptibility to trauma-based mind control. Experiments with mice have shown that the offspring of a traumatized pregnant mother are being born depressed and exhibit problems socializing with others. This is why it's so important, ladies. If you're pregnant, I'm going to read it again that you keep your cortisol levels down and you keep your stress levels down. Experiments with mice have shown that offspring of a traumatized pregnant mother are born depressed and exhibit problems socializing with others. A nurturing upbringing by a healthy mother 
did not reverse the abnormal behaviors indicating an in utero transformation of the brain. In other words, when a woman is subjected to extreme stress when she's pregnant, it changes the brain of the child. I'm reading directly from the article now. And bioinformatic analysis revealed long-lasting alterations in the DNA. This is why the CIA is known for targeting children from families of multi-generational child abuse because they are easier to mind control because their brains were changed during their development in the mother's womb. This is why the world leaders are all from the same bloodlines. This brutal technique has been used and understood for centuries. And if a group of people vying for power wanted a loyalty of loyal, loyal army of soldiers, the easiest way would be to be breeding them. And the evidence shows this is how our society was created. From the middle of the 19th century and well into the next, hundreds of thousands of orphans, listen, the Brustistar talked about this, were distributed and sold in the United States and millions worldwide. They were advertised, delivered by train, sold at fairs. In America, these orphans were being managed and distributed by private organizations from Britain known as the Odd Fellows, many of whom were orphans themselves. An ancient order of Odd Fellows is an international fraternity whose members such as Albert Pike, high-level Freemason, and several U.S. presidents during the orphan train years were often members of Freemasonic lodges as well. With their first official lodge in the United States established in 1819, the Odd Fellows were officially committed to educating orphans, but they seem to have been procuring them and breeding them as well. The Odd Fellows' first female chapter, the Daughters of Rebecca, were founded right before the orphan trains began, and a depiction of the work shows hints of mass breeding and surrogate motherhood. They work closely with the Odd Fellows at large institutions known as orphan asylums and floundling asylums where the many members of themselves were born. The Rothschild Banking Dynasty provided funding for several of these orphan asylums, according to Philip Eugene de Rothschild, and the family has privately bred over 100,000 offspring, including Adolf Hitler, according to this article. This is why pedophilia is so prevalent among the families of world leaders. While it is used for extortion, its primary function is for trauma-based mind control because no longer the because to the mind controller trauma equals transformation and there is nothing more traumatizing to a person than pedophilia if you had a million mind control slaves placed in positions of power then you could control the entire nations but only if the masses were also kept in a relative state of trauma take your shot you stinking peasant listen to me this stuff is happening you know the dark awakening Russ Dizdar talked about it the black awakening so many of these people now have been bred for this. If you're a woman and you're pregnant, do not allow yourself to stay in a chronic state of stress. Don't do it. It's not worth it to you, and it's not worth it to the unborn infant because it will, if it maintains this stuff for any length of time, change the brain chemistry of the child. And that child will have that trauma-based victim mentality all the days of its life. It's not worth it. It isn't. So very important that we understand that. In addition to that, if you have young children and they're put into the school system and they're being subjected to trauma-based mind control, it's super important that you do not allow those children to stay in that environment. Don't do it. It's not a healthy environment, especially when they're in a theta brainwave state from like four to nine. It is incredibly deleterious to their health and to their mental state. If they're older and you have to send them to like a juvenile care center or whatever because they're complete nightmares and they're on drugs and they've done whatever they're going to do, that's different than sending a young child there. 
Try your best to walk in love with your children. Try your best to train them in the ways of the Lord. Keep keep them in church. Do Bible studies with them. Listen to praise and worship music with them. Teach them to do what's right in God's eyes. Teach them to obey the Ten Commandments, which are still in effect. I know we're not under the old law anymore, but those Ten Commandments are for all time. They're very, very important that we understand these things. Because listen to me, guys. If we continue to walk circumspectly with the Most High God and show Him great reverence and respect, if we continue to do what we need to do for Jesus all the days of our life, our life's going to go much, much better. Because when you're in blood covenant with the Most High God through Jesus, you can do all things through Him. I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. You stay positive all the days of your life. Austin, finish it up, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, it's it's so important. That's why I've said before, you've got to be so careful, especially in the school system now, too, because you don't even know what's going on half the time over there. There's so much perversion that's being put in there, and the indoctrination is on a whole other level, especially in some of these states and counties that are just – I mean, they're just bent – bent on exposing these children to things that they should not be exposed to. That's why you got to be very active, very aware, very engaged with what your children are being exposed to. So very, very true with the information you had there. Also, too, this is other information that's really wild. This is an article from News Addicts. It shows that there's the new study showing out, disturbing new study, that's revealing data showing a 55% spike in young American women registering as disabled. Since the COVID RNA vaccine has rolled out, this is something that nobody's really been talked about before. Financial analysis and data expert Edward Dowd said a new U.S. Department of Labor disability survey shows unemployed men and women ages 16 to 64 reported, re- reported record harms since February 2021, with women suffering an unprecedented 55% increase in disabilities. Since February 2021, when the COVID shot rolled out, more than 1 million working U.S. women ages 16 to 64 have told the U.S. Department of Labor they are disabled, according to the new government report. Doctors and scientists who spoke with the defender attributed the unprecedented 55% increase into more than likely the COVID-19 RNA vaccine that, that's now basically safe and effective for six-month-olds and older. By the way, I just put that out there. It's how safe it really is. According to essentially people that have been involved in this, they said causes unknown, allegedly, especially with the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 to 2022, continues to harvest data overlooked by the mainstream mainstream media. And this is crazy. I'll post this article on here. You guys can look at this as far as with this information now and how many individuals are applying for disability. And the number is just, it's a growing exponentially in the United States. I didn't even realize this. This is, this is interesting to me. I'm going to do some more research as I just saw this article here a little bit ago, and I'm going to do some more digging into it and look at it. And what's crazy about this is now is when you look at the numbers on a graph chart, it's just going up, like I said, exponentially, much, much faster than you ever watched before prior to 2020. I mean, growing up, you guys can look at the graph on the website. I'll send you the article. This is crazy. This isn't surprising. But again, what did I just say earlier? What did I just talked about earlier with the individual that was in the, the little scooter, you know, the Publix, I couldn't get around, five, 600 pounds. If you keep people disabled, and dependent on the government, so they're getting a check every single month to stay disabled. And I'm, and granted, I am not picking on people that have health problems or disabled in that aspect of certain things that occur. I understand what that program is for. However, it's clearly becoming an issue when you're seeing an exponential growth curve on disabled females ages 16 to 55 that's growing unprecedentedly high. 
out of nowhere other than one one main culprit that's been incurring? How do you keep people dumbed down and basically how do you keep people controlled? You give them basically free money. You keep them under the impression that essentially as long as they just wait for a check every day, they'll be okay. They'll get their two, $3,000 a month in disability, and they can basically just live their life on the bare minimum, and they'll have nothing, and they'll like it. Like the World Economic Forum says with Klaus Schwab, that's how people keep, keep people complacent. That's why they've done so much with brain and training people to continually stay in enormous amounts of debt in the, uh, the um, college loans as far as with the student debt that's occurring, like Dad talked about earlier. All those things are designed to keep people wrapped up in a constant state of perpetual debt and perpetual finances that they can't get out of. That's why it's so important. I've told you guys this before, especially in the automotive industry right now, all the weird stuff that's going on, especially the EV vehicles. Stay out of that stuff. If you can't look at it, there's so much data now, put it this way. You can go on YouTube. You can go on research.com. You can go on all types of different places online, and you can look at depreciation scales on almost every single vehicle that's ever been produced now. You can look at the growth curve if it's gone up and appreciated during COVID, if it's dropped down, if it's plateaued, if it's starting to trend back up. There's so much data now. There's no excuse to get into a vehicle that you're upside down in. The same thing goes with the housing industry right now. A lot of the housing market's inflated, but a lot of stuff's up because of inflation as well. And with the interest rates where they're at right now, you got to be very cautious on what you're getting involved in because highly, more than likely, you're going to see a correction on a lot of stuff all across the board. So again, make wise decisions. Continue to get the truth out there. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. Stay strong. Stay healthy. If you guys need anything, the product of the week, I told you all yesterday, the EyeSight Formula, incredible product on sale right now for over 12% off on the website at healthmasters.com. Be sure to check it out at Healthmasters. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.